It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch every episode and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Very close to 2,000 subscribers. That's something that we wanted to do before getting to the season. So let's get to 2K, and then let's get to 3K potentially by time the season kicks off week one against the Cleveland Browns there in September. So thank you so much to everyone who supported the show that way. And you don't have to watch every episode. That's okay. You can still listen to the show on all the traditional podcasting platforms. If you're on the go, headed to work, or from back to work to home, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, TuneIn. It does not matter. You can find the show wherever you find all of your favorite podcasts, whether it's here, the Lockdown Panthers podcast, or any of the Lockdown Podcast Network podcasts out there. Thank you so much for the support, and be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. To participate, either at me, at Julian Council on Twitter, or DM me, at Julian Council on Twitter. But first, make sure to go ahead and click that follow button there on Twitter, at Julian Council. Baker Mayfield is officially a Carolina Panther. That happened, I believe, on Monday, because the league office was apparently closed last week. But he officially became a Carolina Panther on Monday and then on Tuesday. I think I said Wednesday in the cold open if you watch it on YouTube. But on Tuesday, he sat there and spoke to the local media here in Charlotte for the first time. It wasn't just Baker Mayfield who sat down and talked to media, but also the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, Scott Fitterer. And let's get into what he had to say about the Panthers deciding to bring in Baker Mayfield. It took a while for all this to come to fruition after months of speculation, of rumors, and really just the inevitability of it all that Baker Mayfield eventually would be a Carolina Panther and would be competing for the starting job. We'll talk about the competition aspect of it all. And what Scott Fitter said, the main hold of at least at the beginning was draft pick compensation. If you've seen the reports in the article that Joe Person did from The Athletic the last weekend, the Panthers – and the Browns were trying to come to terms, as we know, night two of the draft there in the second, third round, where eventually they traded up to get Matt Corral to Ole Miss with the 94th overall pick. But they are trying to have conversations of bringing Baker Mayfield here to Carolina. And there was always interest from Mayfield's camp, from the Panthers' camp, from Andrew Barry, the general manager there for the Cleveland Browns. The problem was the Browns wanted to have a high draft pick compensation. They wanted a day two pick. Carolina was not willing to do that. And also Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper looked at Baker Mayfield as a devalued asset and didn't really want to spend a ton of money on him after already having to spend $18.85 million this upcoming season, fully guaranteed the Sam Darnold. So that's what held it up. But eventually they got to it. They had a July 5th deadline, apparently, to get the deal done. The deal was not formally announced until July. Well, it's formally announced on Tuesday, but was not officially released by the media until last Wednesday, the 6th, where it got done. And the questions right then and there were, 
all right, Baker Mayfield's here in Carolina. That means he's going to start, right? Right? Well, according to Scott Fitter and everyone out there in Carolina Panthers land, at least within the organization, this is a competition. Scott Fitter said this is an open competition. He added Baker Mayfield to make the position group better as a whole. Thinks that the competition will not just make Baker better, but it'll also make Sam Darnold better. It'll make P.J. Walker better. It'll make rookie quarterback Matt Corral better. And he said, overall, it's a very healthy position for all of us to be in as far as having Baker, P.J., Sam, and Matt Corral all here on the roster. Now, one quarterback I did not mention, unfortunately, is our friend of the show, Davis Cheek, the Elon alum. He was released as a subsequent move to bring in Baker Mayfield. I guess it makes sense. I never really thought about how you can't have five quarterbacks going to training camp, even though P.J. Walker's reps are going to be very limited, I imagine, uh, throughout training camp. But uh, we'll see how it plans out. But according to Scott Fitter, he expects that the snaps will be pretty even, at least at the beginning of training camp. And Sam Darnold's going to have the edge and the leg up going into training camp because he's been here all offseason. He's been working with Ben McAdoo. He's been working with these receivers. He knows these guys. And we'll talk more about Baker Mayfield and his understanding and knowledge of this system. He actually has one part of it that's beneficial to him as he tries to come in here and compete. So it really does sound like it's competition. But I still go back to what I said before. The Panthers last year, when they traded for Sam Darnold, they weren't bringing him, bringing in Sam Darnold to be the backup to Teddy Bridgewater. Now, the key thing about that was, you know, they waited until the draft where they eventually trade Teddy, and then after that, they picked the fifth-year option, and that to really justify them giving up those sec- the second, fourth, and sixth-round pick. That's something that they felt like they needed to do. It was bad business, but I understood why they went there. Now, it's a little bit different, at least with Baker, because – they're not guaranteeing him anything at past this season. They're only paying him $4.85 million. It's a great value deal for the Carolina Panthers and great business by Scott Fitterer, who's continually done great things so far in his front office. And he's been the first proper GM, it feels like we've ever had in franchise history. But I really feel like, though, you don't bring him in and then ask me a backup. And again, we'll get into what Baker had to say here shortly. I just have a hard time really buying into it. Maybe it's true. I mean, obviously, obviously it's true. There's going to be some level of competition. I just don't think the Carolina Panthers want, at the end of it, for Sam Darnold to be the week one starter or the week five starter or the week 12 starter. They they want Baker Mayfield to take or hold of it. And Scott's been saying throughout the offseason that he just wants someone to grab a hold of that position. Whether it's PJ, which I doubt, Matt Corral this year, which I doubt, Sam or Baker, he just wants someone to stabilize that position. So maybe there truly is. A competition now as far as the plan for Baker Mayfield past this season Scott Peter was asked you know was there any talk about you know extending it doing a contract extension and he said that they haven't done that they're, they're trying to keep the short-term view with Mayfield so far and they want to see him play which you can look at that and say all right the Carolina Panthers learned their, their lesson because last year they didn't even see Sam Darnold play with the Carolina Panthers and they still you know gave him the fifth year option that's gonna be over 18 almost 19 million dollars this upcoming season but you can also look at it as, well, they gave up a ton of compensation to bring him. So really, to justify it, like I said earlier, they kind of needed to do that. With Baker, they've given up a fifth-round conditional pick, which Scott Fitter went out and said that, yes, if he plays 70% of the snaps this upcoming season, then that would turn into a fourth-round pick in 2024. But still, nothing. They're paying less than $5 million of his salary. They got him to, not, to give back some of the salary. $3.5 million of that, and that's now been put in incentives that would be really difficult for Baker to hit unless he has basically an all-pro season. 
but they are not going to commit to him past this season. And they have the short-term view. And that's part of the criticism I've had of this organization since Matt Rule got here and really since David Tepper fired Ron Rivera. The first two years, I'm not going to put that on David Tepper. But since he brought in his own guy and now his own GM, they've just been doing the whole quarterback musical chairs. They get rid of Cam. They bring in Teddy, as we know. He gets tired of that. They try to get staff, but that doesn't work out. They asked Deshaun Watson the first time around before all the legal stuff comes up. They don't want, he doesn't want to come here. Then they land on Sam Donald instead of drafting a rookie quarterback because they didn't have the patience. And it's so interesting to me for an owner who sits here and tells us Rome wasn't built in a day and talks about how they need to take the patient approach and how you know he's learned from the past two years or really the past four years, but he's learned a lot of lessons. But still, they're taking a short-term view. And as excited as I am about having Baker Mayfield here and how I believe that he can be someone to at least stabilize the position this year, it still does not show a coherent plan by the Carolina Panthers brass, an organization, to figure out who's going to be the guy. As I've said, all right, we know Baker's likely going to start in 2022 week one. Who starts 2023 in week one? Who's going to start 2024 in week one? We don't know that. Fortunately, in the division, Tampa doesn't know it. New Orleans doesn't know it, and neither does Atlanta, and neither does Carolina. So as far as the NFC South goes, that's a positive, but still, they have yet to show what the clear plan is. Now, we got some clarity on Matt Corral, what this means for him, and whether he'll take a redshirt year. Someone asked him about that, and Scott Fitter says this allows Matt now to learn at his own pace, and it's going to be good for him to be able to compete for the job eventually when he's ready and to learn from veterans like PJ and like Baker and like Sam which is a positive and why I've said also that this is the best thing for Matt Corral because had Sam Darnold been here, the way that the reps apparently were being split as far as second team reps during OT's mandatory minicamp, Corral was going to get thrust out there before he was ready. And as much as people want to see him now just to see whether he has it or not, I don't see how it's a great plan. And when you look at quarterbacks now are trying to play until they're 40 years old, Matt Corral's 23 what's the rush for him to play when he could potentially, if he turns out to be everything we hope he is, could be here for the next 15-plus seasons? Yeah, you'd rather see him right away, I'm sure. But what's the rush if he might be someone like that who wants to play until he's 40? Now we'll see how that all pans out. Now, the competition aspect of it all, we'll see. Because I still have a hard time really buying into the Panthers. They didn't give a lot up. I still have a hard time buying into the Panthers, bringing in Baker Mayfield and trying all offseason to get rid of Sam Darnold, to replace him, to upgrade from Sam Darnold, and then strolls trotting out Sam Darnold there week one. And I can only imagine how the fan base would react if that's the case against the Cleveland Browns. Because I know I certainly wouldn't be happy, and I'm sure a lot of y'all listening out there probably wouldn't be happy if that's the case either. Now, Baker Mayfield... Sat down with Darren Gant of Panthers.com, had some interesting comments. He also sat down with Kristen Balboni, and he sat down with the Panthers media core, or at least the, the Charlotte local media core, on Tuesday to discuss the trying offseason and his fresh start here in Charlotte. We'll talk about what he had to say here and more in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Hindsight is 2020, and you can't change the past. But what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you would ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. 
Dave is a banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need a little extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the Apple App Store right now. That's DAV. Sign up with an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you will thank you. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are officially two weeks away, 14 days away from the Carolina Panthers starting practice down in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Once again on the Wofford, on the campus of Wofford College for training camp ahead of, I think, what, year 28? of Carolina Panthers football and it looks like they're going to have a brand new starting quarterback for the third straight season and really fourth straight season but not really brand new because Cam was already here but still Baker Mayfield expected to be the starting quarterback here in Carolina although as we just talked about general manager Scott Fitterer says that, that this is an open competition and he's still looking to find someone whether it's Baker Mayfield Sam Darnold PJ Walker Matt Corral to stabilize the position and get the Carolina Panthers on the right track, even though he's still looking in a short-term view, and there's not really a long-term plan at the position. But maybe with Baker Mayfield's play, this could be, or at least he could be, rather, the long-term answer here in Carolina. Baker Mayfield spoke to the local media on Tuesday, talked about how excited he is for his new start in Charlotte, how it's an exciting time for him, that he also is just happy to have a fresh start that he doesn't feel any animosity towards Cleveland. It's a good football town. He's thankful for the trials and tribulations and the lessons that he learned there. And it's very interesting to hear that because I listened to that. And then there was a quote that he had with Darren Gant from Panthers.com. who has been on the show, friend of the show, Uncle Darren, love him. And he had a different tone when it came to looking forward to week one, saying that, I'm not going to sit here and be a robot and tell you that's not one I've marked on my calendar already. One that's not who I am. And to me, it's about winning games. Whoever whoever we have marked on the schedule, I'm going to try to win. Obviously, this one has a little bit more history and personal meaning. But for me, it's about winning and setting the tone for the rest of the year. And however I can help this team do that, I'm going to do that. And then when he was asked about, you know, is he a person who holds grudges? Mayfield grinned and said, I try not to. Okay, Baker, we, we do know that you hold grudges, and your attitude is one thing that we're a little bit concerned about as you're coming here to Carolina. We'll talk about that a little bit later here on the show. But as I've said to y'all, whenever Baker Mayfield's been slighted, 
that dude has come out and he's basically set the world on fire. Now I had some one guy come up on to me on Twitter being like, well, except for that Clemson game where Oklahoma led at the half in that playoff game and then eventually they lost, but still, I guess, whatever that one time, but pretty much Baker Mayfield's been a guy who's had a chip on his shoulder and that's what's got him to this point so far. And there's a lot of talk about him being himself. And again, we're going to talk more about his attitude in a, in a few minutes, but let's talk more about what he had to say today. And, you know, he was asked just about, Hey, you, you haven't been promised a starting job as this is a competition. So I'm being told by Scott Fitter, and I'm sure Matt Rule will say the same thing. This is an open competition for the quarterback position. And he says that it's kind of an interesting situation for him because he's somewhat done it before, having been a walk-on at Texas Tech and then transferring to Oklahoma and being a walk-on there where he wasn't promised anything. Wasn't promised a job there by Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. Wasn't prom- promised a job, the job there at Oklahoma by Bob Stoops, where Trevor Knight, who he says one of his good friends, was coming off that Sugar Bowl where he lit up Alabama, and people were thinking, okay, OU's got a really good quarterback. Well, instead, they did get a really good quarterback, and it was Baker Mayfield who led him to the playoff that next season as a, as a walk-on quarterback. So he's used to coming in, limited time, trying to figure it out, and learn the playbook, and win over his team. And his leadership aspect of him is why he's gotten to this point in his career and what was so great about him back at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma. And Scott Fitter talked about when he's you know, doing the vetting process of Baker Mayfield that so many people vouch for Baker, that he was such a great leader, that he's great with his team. And though there's reports, of course, that came out from Jason Lloyd from The Athletic last week about Baker's time in Cleveland and the public feud that he had with Hugh Jackson and then calling out Kevin Stefanski, the head coach there now with the Browns for missing a meeting and just dividing the locker room with his arguments with Odell Beckham Jr. Those are all things to be concerned about. By the way, leadership is still something that he's been strong about. Now, Baker coming here, he took a pay cut. He was asked about that. He said, you know, for him, it was about taking the next step forwards and finding a new place, someone who wanted him there and getting to a place where he could compete and get a fresh start and that the contract – that numbers that they wanted him to at least contract number that he let got to the three and a half million dollar pay cut was not exactly the original number as was reported. The Panthers wanted him to give up $7 million of his paycheck, which still to me is wild that Baker Mayfield who actually earned the fifth year option is now having to make less money than Sam Darnold who did not earn it in any way, shape or form. Speaking of Sam Darnold, got to give the guy a lot of credit so far this off season. Yeah. The podcast comments there with busting the boys, Taylor and Juan were, um, some confusing things that he said there as far as, oh, hey, yeah, I've proven I'm a good quarterback. No, you haven't. You've proven that you're one of the worst quarterbacks in, in the National Football League, like literally maybe ever in the last 50 years. It's been really bad. And he's been either the worst rated passer or the second worst rated passer the past two seasons. One of the Jets, one of the Panthers. You haven't proven anything other than you're probably not a starting quarterback, which is okay. There can be a long, lucrative career as a backup, which I still don't see how he's earned even that. But either way, Sam Brown has done a good job of just taking all this in stride. The whole Deshaun Watson stuff where the Panthers didn't keep him to know. The um, issues as well with, I mean, them drafting a quarterback, where again, they didn't keep him to know. And then even with this, Matt Rule apparently talked to him. Scott Fitterer didn't. But Sam Darnold has been a great teammate. And I see why Peter Schrager reported that they still – highly value him in the, in the locker room, not as a player, obviously, because they value him as a player. They wouldn't be have done what they've done this offseason and trying to find a replacement, but as someone who can, I guess, be a leader in the locker room, someone who's been a good teammate. And he reached out to Baker Mayfield, who's going to be coming in here to take his job. And it's interesting when you, we, there's a conversation after the draft about Ryan Tannehill, not wanting to um, mentor Malik Willis in Tennessee. 
But Cam Newton was a guy back here in Carolina who had no problem trying to mentor someone like Will Greer because he wants the team to be competitive. He wants the team to win. And Baker Mayfield said, that, hey, I've known Sam for a while. He's a great guy. All he wants is to help this team win. And Darnold has done that at every step. So as critical as I am of him and how little belief I have in his abilities as a quarterback in this league, especially to play at a high level, I got a lot of respect for how this dude has handled so far this offseason. And look, if he wins the job, it wouldn't be ideal because that's not what anyone really wants to see. But as long as he's the best option, he actually plays well, then, yeah, you can live with it. And in a way, part of me would be happy for him, just considering he fought off all of these different distractions and potential replacements and him came out on the other side better for it. But still, Baker Mayfield needs to be the starting quarterback because the Carolina Panthers have a chance with him to start to be a playoff team. And Baker says, like, no one has the mentality in this league to be a backup, that his intention is to become the best quarterback he can be and to help team this team win games. And when he was asked about, hey, can this be a playoff team, he said he can't say for certain with everyone on vacation and he hasn't really spent any time with any of these guys. Now, he, he's known Christian McCaffrey, he says, since 2015. He, of course, played with Shard Higgins last year. He met DJ Moore throughout the draft process. Of course, Sam Darnold was right there with him in that quarterback class in 2018. So he's gotten to know plenty of people out there. And and he also what, he had Austin Corbett there, the right new, the new right the new right guard, excuse me, who played last season with the Rams. He started off his career in Cleveland. So he at least has those relationships. And, and part of what helps Baker – not only with that, to come in here and actually have a chance to compete. Because I wondered, all right, he comes in here late, doesn't get the playbook until, well, he said Tuesday was the first time he got the playbook. So two weeks before he even gets down to training camp to report and then to play as far as practice, that's when he's finally getting the playbook. And he's going to work with Sam Darnold. I'm sure Matt Corral will be a part of this as well to get guys like Robbie Anderson, Richard Higgins, um, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and all Terrace Marshall and all the other offensive weapons together to work out. And I like to hear that. As much as it's going to be a competition, apparently, these guys are working together to have that one goal. And, and Baker said, like, the camaraderie, there's a lot of that so far, which is something that he likes to see. And, and that's why I was telling, telling you all a couple of weeks ago that even though I don't really love Sam Darnold, don't have a ton of confidence in him, and Shaq's coming out of here saying, like, hey, this might be the year. I don't want to jinx it. Just Matt Rule taking time with his players. And you hear stuff like this. It might feel like they're a cohesive group this upcoming season. We'll see how things play out. Of course, quarterback position is important for that. But as far as the positive for Baker as he takes over and learns a playbook the next two weeks, as he's going to have to cram, is that with James Campen, the new offensive line coach here in Carolina, he actually spent time in Cleveland. So Baker already says he knows the offensive line protection calls. And he said that was going to be one of the more, more difficult things to do was to try and learn that without being with his guys. So now he already knows that. That only helps him come in and be ready to compete. Of course, he's going to have to cram with the rest of the playbook. He's talked about how he's had, like with Sam Darnold, he's had plenty of practice with this, having to now learn his fourth different playbook in five seasons as a starting quarterback in it, or as a quarterback in the National Football League. And a lot of it's just, you know, the different terminology and just trying to figure out, you know, what this means in one system now, what it means in the new system that he's trying to learn. And he's talked to most of the guys on offense. It really feels like for someone who, just a week ago, was traded here and didn't really officially become a Panther until Monday, already has a playbook, has already talked to some of these guys, already has things set up, has a seemingly a good rapport with the other quarterbacks in that room, only can be a positive moving forward. Now, a couple other things that I know people were interested in hearing about Baker Mayfield before we get into just kind of how he's going to fit in here attitude-wise and maybe leadership-wise in just a moment. Number six, Baker Mayfield is going to be wearing number six. So Johnny Hecker, 
four-time All-Pro, All-Decade team guy, has a massive chip on his shoulder going into the season because he didn't feel like the Rams should have got rid of him. And I'm kind of surprised by that move as well, considering that, like, hey, you get a great punter. Why would you not want him here? But now he's here under new special teams coordinator Chris Tabor. But he, Johnny Hecker, went out and got his number six uniform from P.J. Walker, who now is going to go back to wearing number 11, which he wore in college back at Temple and then in the XFL of Houston. Johnny Hecker is now cashed out by Baker Mayfield going out there and paying him for the number six jersey. Don't know what the cash terms were. Baker said that Johnny was reasonable, wasn't crazy about it at all. But for the reason for Baker to get number six is, it's actually, it's special to him, but only because it's kind of the number that he's, that's followed him throughout his journey, as he said, that when he got to Texas Tech as a walk-on, that's the number they gave him. And when he got to OU, Bob Stoops just figured, hey, this is your number, so here you go. And then he gets to Cleveland, that's where he's wearing it now in Carolina, that's what he's bought to wear. So it symbolizes his journey. It's what's something that's followed him. And the only other option, I think, was like one or 13. Obviously, you can't wear number one and 13. Don't want to see anyone wear a number 13 ever. That's bad luck. Who The, the last player I think wore 13 here was like Kelvin Benjamin or something like that. So you, you never really want one of those kind of situations. So, um, yeah, Baker's going to do that. As far as progressive commercials, uh, this one should have been pretty obvious. Um, the Brown Stadium is sponsored by progressive and he never longer plays for Cleveland or lives in Cleveland. Obviously they're going to find a new uh, spokesperson and it won't be a traveling progressive. Like, Hey, I have a new home at bank of America stadium. Um, but either way, Baker Mayfield, no progressive commercial is going to be wearing number six. One key, one key question that a lot of people have, and there's been plenty of thoughts about Baker Mayfield and the kind of personality he is. I've heard it even before he got here. People are like, oh, I just don't like that guy. Can he be a fit personality-wise here in Carolina? He's had issues with Kevin Stefanski, with the ownership and management there in Cleveland, with Hugh Jackson and Freddie Kitchens. Is that going to be the same issue here in Carolina? We'll talk about whether Baker can have the right attitude this upcoming season in Carolina, which can lead him and organization to success in just a moment here on Locked On Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I've stated this before. I love Baker Mayfield. I love his story. True freshman walking at Texas Tech, takes a job, leaves him the 5-0 record, gets injured. Davis Webb replaced him. Cliff Kingsbury makes a terrible decision that way. Webb did eventually get to the NFL, but he did not go on to be a Heisman Trophy winner. He go on to be the Big 12 Player of the Year. And he go on to be a three-time Burlesworth Trophy winner, which goes to the best former walk-on in college football annually. Number one overall pick. And it's hard to now kind of look at Baker Mayfield just seeing that, hey, he won the Heisman Trophy. He played at freaking Oklahoma, and he's a number one pick. How is this guy an underdog? He didn't have offers coming out. He had to go walk on at all these places. He had to have a certain mentality to do that, a certain bravado, a certain belief in himself. And I feel like everyone should be able to identify with betting on yourself. Now, sometimes we don't always have the courage to do that because financially, maybe we can't do that. Maybe we can't leave the job we want to leave to go pursue other things or there's other things in life that are keeping us where we have to stay. But still, there's been plenty of people out there who want to bet on themselves and have bet on themselves and they've had success. And Baker Mayfield is one of those guys. He could have stayed at Texas Tech. 
and try to earn a scholarship, and in which I thought he would have been worthy of. But he said, he's like, you know what? I'm going to go follow my dream. I might be a kid from Austin, but I've always loved Oklahoma. I've always dreamed of wearing the crimson and cream. And he goes, OU. Walks on after Trevor Knight, like I mentioned. One of his good friends. Lights up Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. The thought is he's going to be the starting quarterback. Baker takes the job. Takes him. I mean, I watched that game in Neyland Stadium. There, I think it was like week two or three. One of the last, I mean, if you talk to the Tennessee fans, especially the up and down roller coaster of Tennessee football the last decade plus, that's about the loudest Neyland's been in a long time. And he went in there and led that team back to win a double overtime game. And after that, it was all history getting to the playoff that year, having Clemson in the first half, but then losing to them eventually, then going on, getting back to the playoff, having an incredible Rose Bowl game against Georgia that season as he won the Heisman Trophy and once again won the Big 12, which led him to be the number one overall pick there in Cleveland. And because of who he is, because of that attitude, that belief in himself, his ability to rally his teammates around him, he was able to take the worst organization in the NFL and in three years after having a coach that was one in 31 the first two years, two years prior to him arriving. And then having a coach who had no business being there in Freddie Kitchens, that he, in a pandemic season, with a brand-new head coach, balled out in the second half of the season, won a playoff game in Pittsburgh, and then earned that fifth-year option, which, again, now things have changed, and it's been, as he said, he was shocked by how things have played out this offseason. But still, Baker Mayfield... Like, I keep bringing up the dream on green aspect. Like, he's got to be himself. Now, him being himself sometimes can wear on people, and he's got to grow up a little bit, the maturity aspect of it all, and there's probably something to it with Cleveland bringing that up, and I'm sure he's understood that, and he's talked with the lessons that he's learned, and you can only hope now, at 27, that he's better for it from what he's had to deal with over the last couple of seasons. That's my hope, and that's kind of my belief. So I've always loved him. Just for the story, like the, he's, he was the underdog. He was the ultimate underdog and how he's gotten as far as he's gotten is just incredible to see. But there's still a concern, and I understand it out there that, man, we might repeat the same things because he's already had issues with Stefanski, with, with uh, Kitchens, and with Hugh Jackson so far. 0 for 3 when it comes to his relationship with head coaches, head coaches in the NFL. Didn't have, I mean, he had in hell. Let's go back to college. Had issue with Cliff Kingsbury, who's now in the NFL. The only head coach you didn't have an issue with was Bob Stoops. And if you look at all those guys, <laughs> the only one that ever won anything was Bob Stoops. So maybe it's just like, hey, he's got bad coaches because Cliff Kingsbury didn't win anything at Texas Tech. Inherent challenges there. So far with the Cardinals, went to the playoffs last year. Weird relationship going on with Kyler Murray in that organization right now. But I don't think I look at Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury as someone who's a great NFL coach. Matt Rule's had his own issues so far, but he hasn't, he hasn't played for him just yet. But Kitchens had no business being the coach. Hugh Jackson. Just was terrible in Cleveland. Stefanski so far has looked at it like, like he's a good coach. So, but in, but either way, he's not had great coaches along the way. But still, Baker's got to he's got to figure it out. He's got to kind of rein it in a little bit. And you don't want to rein him to you don't want him to rein it in too much because you still want him to be himself. And you know he was asked about you know being misunderstood and how the outside perception might be about him. And he said that, it, that it's about it's basically because it's a lack of people being around him. He thinks it stems from people not being around him outside of just, you know, watching the games and maybe being there at practice. They're not there with him and his teammates as they're working on a game plan and when they're just hanging out in the locker room and all that kind of stuff that people, we don't know intimately enough what his real relationships are with people. We've seen reports and we've seen things social media-wise that kind of show that things haven't always been great with Baker and his teammates. But for the most part, like in the situations like when he went to OU to be able to lead that team as a walk-on, like you have to have great leadership. And he does have that. It's just going to be 
he's got to be able to evolve in his leadership to where this can happen in, in the in the future. And Scott Fitter talked about Baker's attitude, saying he's a fiery, competitive guy and he wants to win. He wants to be great, and as an organization, they're going to embrace that. It's a fresh start for Baker, and a lot of people went to bat for Baker. I'm sure he talked to Bob Stoops. I'm I'm sure that Matt Rule talked to Bob Stoops, and maybe even talked to Cliff King. I guess Kingsbury wasn't there. Um, I think maybe he was there when Matt Rule was there, Baylor. But still, I'm sure he's talked to all these people. And I don't think I don't know what Cliff would be saying. I'm sure Cliff would be like, "Yeah, the dude's a hell of a competitor." Um, and Cliff probably would, attitude wise, probably wouldn't look at him, you know, very fondly, as those guys did not uh, see eye to eye. And still, I don't think like each other. As Baker is someone who tries not to hold grudges, but absolutely does hold grudges. And because he is that fiery competitor, like I talked about to y'all yesterday, with y'all yesterday rather, it reminds me a lot about Jake Delhomme. Baker did way more in college than Jake did. And so far in his career, he's gotten more of an opportunity, obviously, than Jake did. But still, man, like the great thing about Jake DeLone was he always was challenging his guys. He fired up the crowd. It's why he's so beloved. I mean, you look at what he did here in Carolina. I mean, is it worthy of being in the Hall of Honor? I don't know. I mean, he was okay. One time Pro Bowler got him to the playoffs, of course, had a ton of turnovers, but he was clutch when he was in the playoffs. And you can kind of look at him and be like, okay, like how great was Jake DeLone? He's, he's, Solid player for when the Carolina Panthers needed at that time. But his competitive streak is really what stood out, and I think is why he's so beloved by so many people. And, of course, he got his first Super Bowl ever. Baker Mayfield has that same kind of swagger, that same kind of fire, and Cam had that. And that's really just been missing at the quarterback position. Sam Darnold, I don't want him to change who he is, but who he is just doesn't excite anybody. And we saw that against Arizona when Cam came back, just how the entire vibe, the feeling of it was different. Just felt like the life has been sucked out of this organization by not having someone like that that the fans can rally around. And really having a quarterback who's great like that can help. Like some, I mean, there's guys like Justin Herbert who aren't rah-rah dudes, but they go out there and they ball. We don't have anyone who's like quiet and balls. If Darnold did that, then we'd be totally fine with it. But now having someone who's got a chip on his shoulder that's going to be loud and who's going to run right into the fire of the week one revenge game, because it absolutely is. Last season, it wasn't with Sam Darnold of the Jets. The Jets were absolutely justified to get rid of him. New head coach, new general manager. You can look at the Browns and probably say the same thing about Baker Mayfield. At least he had proven something on the field and shown that hey, this might be somebody worth keeping around. So I don't, I don't have an issue with Baker's attitude. And, I, and I'm hoping, I mean, fingers crossed in a way, because we've seen too many examples to really sit back here and feel totally comfortable and think it's not going to happen. But the organization feels comfortable. The organization also says this is a competition. So how much can you really buy into what they're saying? I don't know. But I, I'm excited about him being here. And he just needs to be Baker. He's going to have that freedom like you talked about on Tuesday, like he had in the second half of that season back in 2020 when he, got, when he played really well and got them to the playoffs. Have that freedom. Be you. Don't go overboard. And you can have success here in Carolina and hopefully be here for a really long time. That is, of course, if you prove to be the guy. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, again, Julian Council. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Very close to 2,000 subscribers. By the time you listen or watch this, probably got there. So, again, thank you so much to everybody who's helped us build the show and got a great season coming up with Baker here now with all the chains on the offensive line a young fun defense special teams might actually be good this season should be a really, really big fall for Locked On Panthers so again tell everybody you know about the show uh, everyone you know about the show especially if you love it if you don't like it either way tell them that well, hey go hate watch this or something um, then you can hate listen as well 
by checking us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, tune in, all those places. Just rate, review, and subscribe so you check out every every episode of Lock on Panthers. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions to participate either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. But again, first click on that follow button there at Julian Council. In the meantime, take care, be safe. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Thursday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.